Hello, I'm Arnold Hamilton, editor of the Oklahoma Observer. And I'm Marianne Martin. And this is ObserverCast, your weekly deep dive into Oklahoma politics and policy. Presented by the Mary Lou Lemon Foundation. Wrecking Ball Ryan Walters, that's Mary Ann's preferred nickname, is at it again. This time, the guy who, from the driver's seat of his car, protests around the clock about woke teachers indoctrinating students, is making clear that he is the true indoctrinator-in-chief. He's cut some sort of deal with the so-called Prager U, the right-wing propaganda center that threatens to make Trump University look like an Ivy League institution. Prager, of course, is the money-making brainchild of a demagogic radio host who's gotten in league with a let's-do-all-we-can-to-destroy-public-education crowd. Prager used videos and lesson plans are full of revisionist history, extolling the virtues of America without mentioning its underbelly. In Prager world, slavery was a good thing for slaves, right? In psychological terms, Ryan Walters is engaging in what's known as projection, which means you flamboyantly and vociferously accuse others of something while engaging in it yourself. In this case, Wrecking Ball Ryan's nonstop wailing about allegedly indoctrinating teachers plays out at the very same time he wants to use PragerU's bullshit to actually indoctrinate students. For this week's Observer Cast, we invited former classroom teacher turned Norman State Representative Jacob Rosecrans to join us to help unpack Walter's latest gambit, what it means for Oklahoma's public schools, and what can be done to help ensure Walter's indoctrination is dead on arrival. Jacob, great to have you back with us. Thanks for carving out some time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for for taking an interest in this and keeping on it. I mean, because the main thing when you have a person like this, and really I want to make sure that the folks understand that um, it's not just one person, okay? We, we, we all have our, our focus on on Ryan Walters. He I, I knew this guy before he is who he is right now. He's a puppet. He, he is a conscienceless puppet. Um, he will do whatever his, his, uh, his puppet masters tell him to do with no conscience. Just go right through it, and, and for whatever reason, if it's uh, narcissism, if it's uh, you know a stepping stone to something bigger, which is what I think, well, that's what we're dealing with here. And so it's very important for us not just say Ryan Walters, but Ryan Walters and his handlers, Ryan Walters and his supporters, and Ryan Walters and his um, acolytes, or, or again, whoever is running him, because it's not him. He's, he's no mastermind. This guy is no mastermind. So I'm um, happy to be here, happy to talk about this, and happy to talk about um, you know what we can do to focus on what he doesn't want us to focus on or they want us to focus on, um, and how we combat uh, really what's I, – I, I think it's very similar to Trumpism, where it's just – remember when Trump was on Twitter, formerly Twitter, um, and it just was constant, constant, constant. Well, that's indirection. He wanted you to be all mad at all this stuff while he went back behind and did this thing and did this thing and did this thing, like, you know, getting the Supreme Court justices on, on there, those types of things that actually harm America. Um, so that's where we're at right here, and I'm happy to talk about it with you all. 
So what do we know about his handlers? You know, part of the problem in this political world that we operate in today is that thanks to Citizens United, we don't really know a lot of times who's bankrolling these things. Um, you know, he was taking he was taking an extra salary while he was serving as the governor's education cabinet secretary before he was elected as state superintendent. So he's been cashing in for a while here. Um, and what do we know about the crowd that writes the big checks that support the groups that help keep the Ryan Walters of the world afloat? Yeah, well, I think the key word that you used was cashing those checks, because really, I think this does come down to grift. Um, I think that when you have one party rule of a state, um, especially here like in Oklahoma, well, then grift can be something that can happen very easily, especially if the very top either chooses to ignore or uh, you just, you know, make it common. Oh, that, you know, it's not that much, blah, blah, blah. So if you look at, you're right, you're right. First of all, with like the different packs after Citizen United, who knows exactly who who donates into those packs, but those packs that that have donated to him, he didn't raise all that much money from Oklahomans he, for his superintendent race. He raised a ton of money from um, out-of-state groups, especially Betsy DeVos uh, and Betsy DeVos's you know that that whole um uh, universe of people who kind of are are those uh we call it, they call it school choice but i call it you know school destruction public school destruction folks Corey DeAngelis you know some of these superstars in 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 those in those areas um were funding him and so we tried to say that you know whenever Gina was running uh, Gina Nelson former teacher of the year was running against him well even really when when um uh April Grace was running against him in the primary because she's my constituent and I can tell you even though she's Republican she's pro-public education so we were kind of like kind of hoping right because then it's Gina versus April and then we could talk about the good things in public school and make the you know nothing nothing like we're just going to rip down the whole entire thing like what he's got going on constantly by the way um we started looking into things like that we started telling people hey look this is he's saying he doesn't want DC politics in Oklahoma it is DC politics or Michigan politics or whatever else big corporation politics and again you you peel back the onion and you start seeing okay well this is all about enriching somebody somewhere and it's not it's not oklahomans it's not it's certainly not our, our our students our teachers in our public schools it's about helping somebody get something that they want and that's why i call him a puppet he is a puppet and um again who are the handlers in the state i don't know i can't seem to put the pieces together and i think that's on purpose but if you look at who donates to his campaigns in the past well it's out of state operators these big these big dogs in the uh uh you know parent choice world or whatever they, whatever quote they want to put on it these days they've been doing it for a long time they're well funded and this is just another step in in kind of taking over the various states public education systems So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, the fact that we don't know and we can't trace back, it, it, that does go to the fact that, you know, Citizens United is so insidious, which it absolutely is. Um, but also, I can't even tell who's really pulling his strings 
at the state level. I mean, we talk about uh, Matt Langston, somebody he hired from Texas who is a Republican operative. And that's not necessarily so odd because, you know, sometimes whenever you take over a place, you bring in people who maybe you worked with before or something like that. We saw it with Joy Hoffmeister and, and her chief of staff was also her campaign manager. You see what I'm saying? That's common, but it's not common when it's somebody you really don't know very well. And from all I can tell, this Langston guy was kind of a heavy hitter that was just brought in. Same with the new guy, Dan Isit or Isit. Same thing. He has all these, uh, you know, kind of accolades and uh, uh, bio. You know, he's been working for the, for this kind of thing for a long, long time, and they brought him in. Who's the they? I don't know who the they is. <laughs> and so that's why we have to keep focused on this because it's not just Ryan Walters. Um, he's a, he's a, oh, we were talking about Harry Potter earlier. I would say he's kind of like the Voldemort to, to, uh, to like our Harry Potter. However, I don't think that he's the mastermind. So I think he's more like the, uh, what's uh that little... no, I, I would say he's more like a Lucius Malfoy. Yes. Malfoy. Right. Like, yes, he's more one of the death eaters. He's not, you well, know, I was going to go Dolores even Umbridge type. If we're going to go there, like, well, I, I won't mean... even give him that credit. No, I think he's the little mouse guy. Who's that guy? <laughs> yes. Like he's you know, not the... the Voldemort. If he's not the mastermind, he's not Voldemort, right? I, exactly. I, I mean, he's, he's and I, I'm just thinking, you know, like the organizations that he's been affiliated with are definitely connected to the Waltons. Yes. You know? I mean, they're definitely connected to the, I mean, and we, we're talking big money interests behind it um so not just the and, and, may I, and may i add in in all this because this is this sticks this is a pet peeve of mine and people are probably tired of hearing me say this virtually all these people who are writing the checks to destroy public education they all they all inherited their riches yes they're all yep. it's all passed down you know they all they what was the old line about George H.W. Bush, you know, he was born on third base and thought he'd hit a triple. Well, you know, obviously these people think the same, you know, uh, must think the same sort of thing and think they know better or or have figured out that this is a great way to make lots more money, you know, by, by right. cashing in, you know, on the taxpayers till. So I'm sorry, I just had to throw that in. It's not like these guys are, yes. these folks are the, the DeVosses and, and, and this, this stage of war. You're not poster children the for pulling yourself up by your bootstraps by any stretch of the imagination. No, these are the millionaires and billionaires that, that we've been kind of warned about that are, that have way outsized power in America right now. You know, we talk about it being a, a, a you know, democratic Republic. I think it's very close to being an oligarchy, honestly, because even me as a state representative, you should see some of the people that come in and talk to us and they're like, hey, you know, you try this, try that, blah, blah, blah. We'll write a big check for your campaign, stuff like that. It gets so much worse the more you go up into the federal government. And so um, I think this is just those types of people that are just trying to to. I think the end goal maybe is just to have people that aren't as intelligent and ask questions and, and use that critical thinking skills so they can make money off people hand over fist. I think that's what it really comes down to. Also, are there some true believers out there with the, the social issue wars? Yeah, there really are. But for the most part, 
Um, what I've been able to find, and um, uh, I'm a Democrat in a Republican district, plus eight Republican districts still, even though I'm happy to say that I'm, uh, you know, Dr. Martin's uh, uh, representative now because I picked up a really cool. Yeah, here uh, in my neighborhood, Norman. which is the best. Yeah, I picked up a great, I loved it. I was like, that instead yeah. of Noble, I was like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, uh, total win for you, yeah. But, <laughs> if um, I do say so myself, but yeah. <laughs> right. But I will say, because of that fact, I talked to conservatives a lot. I mean, I have to, right? So, and I can tell you right now, the conservatives here in, in the west side of Norman, they're pro-public schools. They don't want this kind of thing. They're proud of Norman public schools. And so I think that's where we can find a way to battle back against a lot of this, is hey, are you really embarrassed of your own public schools? Not many people are. And so you see the battleground being the inner city schools. It, you know, I taught in an inner city school um, my entire teaching career, which was six years, you know, it felt like 600 years, but um, <laughs> that just goes to show you because parental involvement is not the same. Parents do want great outcomes for their kids, no matter their social stature, no matter how much money they make. And so they are a little more open to the idea of, oh, uh, um, maybe a voucher to a private school can get my kid out of this struggling school. And then it ties all back into to, um, corporate education reform. We talk about that a lot. I talk about that a lot. I sound like a crazy person. I talk about it so much because that's where the tests come in and they're used as a hammer rather than as a... Um, as a way to help kids really learn or, or teachers to find out what they don't know and then help them learn as tests normally were back in my day, which I'm 45, I'll be 46 in October. And that's the majority of people. They're like, well, we like tests. They show you what you know and don't know. Okay. Well, that was before No Child Left Behind and all this other big push. Oh, once again, man. the Waltons, once again, the Bill Gates Foundation, uh, bipartisan support on that kind of stuff back in the day. And, and it's starting to kind of split now, but um. So it's much bigger and much more well-funded than we think. And that's where Ryan Walters fits in. And he's using these social issues to, to kind of create a wedge between parents and teachers because it helps them get to that end goal. This is what I believe. Um, Marianne, what do you think? Is, is something similar? No, no, I'm just like, so what, what gets me, and this just seems so like, duh, really, is how he decries woke indoctrination and yet here we have prager you and indoctrination he, like, admits it. he admits that it's like indoctrination you know and so yes. I, I mean it's like it's just so obvious and i i know I, I i like this is not groundbreaking you know a groundbreaking analysis but it's like all the while he's saying we skeezy little liberals are you know groomers and our kids and we got our fingers in it and but it's like but then it's PragerU and it, it doesn't align. And I mean, so hats off to every single school district that has made a point to proactively put a statement out about how they will not be using PragerU. They will be doing the Oklahoma standards, da, 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 da. But it's just like, oh, and and then he, but he's still going out there saying, uh, Wrecking Ball Ryan is that, you know, uh, there will be PragerU in every school district in this state. Uh, and so it's just like, and my question too, Mary, how, because here's the funny thing, Oklahoma in general, especially folks I talked to on the other side of the aisle, they like their local control. They really do. Now, yeah. now it comes down to that one party situation where it's kind of like we talk about now, Democrats have become like these local control warriors, which is weird. And then I think, 
was that were Republicans local control warriors because Democrats were in charge back in the day, or did they really care about their local schools? I don't know. I don't know if chicken before yeah, the yeah. egg. Time will tell. But time will tell, right? Time will tell. <laughs> but right now we are on that front line. And I think that's how we battle back. Because guess what we have? We have elected school boards, but we have people who know that. And I think this all came from, this kind of came to a head in that Virginia election, that gubernatorial election where, um, oh, what was his name? Uh, he used all these kind of issues to, to get into power, these parent Virginia. issues. Um, yes, yes, in Virginia, um, which really shouldn't be a Republican governor, honestly, if you look at the at the numbers there. But it once they saw that, I remember I watched it with, I was watching it as hard as I could. And I saw when that guy won, I was like, Glenn Youngkin, I was like, uh-oh, that's coming around the United States. Because we we have, uh, especially when it comes to the GOP or really the Democratic Party as well, if something works one place, we try to make it work in other places. And I think that's what we really see right now. Only Walters is so full of energy. <laughs> he just he's full, not only full of energy he's full of poop full and, of you know, air, all that kind of, of stuff too of, a whole bunch of, stuff, of yeah. something or other but he's just constant constant and so what i've decided to do lately to kind of battle back against that if i have something to say i'm not going to retweet his things i go directly to his page these days which why not you know if i want i really want to say something people see that they can retweet it um or i just stay away from the social issue stuff like right now is happening in western heights my God, he's going to get somebody killed. I mean, honestly, the vitriol yeah. that this man is really expert at, at at ginning up in that base is going to get somebody injured or killed. And I don't even know if that's enough to get my uh, Republican colleagues across the aisle to do something. Although I can say with confidence, there is a movement of people that are watching all of this and i think they're more off they're more focused on maybe criminal charges coming out and then maybe doing something about it so wait for i'm sorry for ryan walters or the western heights principal ryan walters, walters. Okay. walters. Yeah, yeah i mean just the incitement you know i just yeah. it's just now he's got libs of tiktok out here it's obviously oh. something bigger and that's a big group like that's a big, yeah, big group. TikTok is, i mean that's like uh the pizza parlor like i mean just terrible yeah. terrible stuff with real world you know ramifications um, right well yeah. and that's why school boards are so important but that side of the of the of the equation has already figured that out that's why you saw the rise of of moms for liberty and mm -hmm. honestly guys I don't know if you know me that well, Marianne. Uh, Arnold's got to know me pretty well. I do try to find common sense amongst those that I think lack it, just because I think it's the old teacher in me. So I got in a conversation with, I think, Janice Danforth, who's like the leader of Moms for, uh, for Liberty in um, Tulsa. And get this, we actually agreed on a few things because, again, corporate reform, I hate the tests. Guess what? Far right people don't like the tests either because they think it's like data, you know, mining. Um, so interestingly enough, she was like, I agree. Also, my focus on uh, play and hands on learning in our schools. Oh, my gosh. A lot of the far right people are like, yes, yes, yes. I hate how it's just um, their factories these days kind of just pushing the test. So there's another way that we can start trying to kind of build bridges. Now, it didn't all go that great because then all of a sudden they were like, oh, but Jacob, what about um, your love for grooming? <laughs> it was like, what? And the whole thing behind that I found out is they look at pornography as anything with LGBTQ plus IA uh, 
themes. That is pornography to them. It doesn't have to be naked body or anything like that. And so with that, that's a, something we can't see eye to eye on because I think that that just shows you if you're including LGBTQ plus material uh, in libraries, things like that, that it shows that there are, it is a very uh, diverse student body out there. Um, it's a diverse world out there. And that's just showing a nod to that. And you want to have, you want to be inclusive. The fact that we're, we're battling <laughs> people that think inclusivity is like the devil I don't. I can't see eye to eye with that. I don't know how to go forward with that. But I'm telling you, there are some areas where you can kind of connect up with these folks, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I kind of with you on that one." But again, it, 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 so many people are so dug in um, for whatever reason. Again, I think some of them are are, are uh, to make an, a name off themselves or or whatever else. But I think the others truly believe they're on this like holy mission to try to snuff out. Uh, whatever it is they're trying to snuff out and it's irresponsible of our uh, mostly GOP representatives and, and senators and elected folks to dig into that, but they do because that's what the base wants to do, to do right now. It's about, excuse me, it's about owning the libs rather than anything common sense or, uh, uh, you know, working together. Like these days, sometimes our Republican friends are looked at as rhinos if they're willing to work with Democrats. Do you see what I'm saying? And so I don't know how we get past that either, because honestly, me being a Democrat in a Republican district, I think there's only three of us that have the opposite of whatever our district is that we where we can throw out party politics. Do you see what I'm saying? It's either deep blue seats in the city areas and the suburban, well, suburban's kind of the battlegrounds, or deep red seats in the rural areas. And that's that's the way it is because of gerrymandering and, and all those kinds of things. So until we get to the point where we're willing to work together, um, I think the way to battle back against this is at that local level. It, it has to be. It has to be. Make sure that you elect um, local school board members who are absolutely pro public schools and uh, uh, will will fight for the right things, including, you know, inclusivity, diversity, those types of things. I think the thing that worries me, though, um, you know, because I, I absolutely agree, like, if you really want it, the, the closer you are to your constituents, really, the more impact you can have. Um, right. just by statute, by policy and whatnot. But I think what really worries me is like what we've seen with um, House Bill 1775, for instance, you know, and um, the threat to pull accreditation at Tulsa Public Schools. Now, whether or not that will actually happen, it could just be, it could just be him, you know, blown up. But the fact is, is like that state, that state board with stiff appointees on, it could really do some damage to districts such as the ones, you know, in Tulsa, um, and, and and I don't quite know all the details and I don't understand exactly how it works, but my understanding is, is from sources that I've talked to that, you know, this push that we see to bring the culture wars into our school is really a big real estate gambit. And so, you know, what you're really trying to see is people gain control of very valuable real estate, um, like literally. And so, um, and and I, I was like, it, it's it's not that I don't believe it. I just don't understand it completely. Um, you know, I don't know exactly how that works, uh, you know, but but I think we maybe saw elements of it, for instance, with like the land commission, you know, with uh, Governor Stitt, uh, where we see, I mean, just like the fact that, you know, these are these are lucrative contracts. <laughs> Uh, with, you know, the privatization at the Department of Corrections, the privatization at the Healthcare Authority, the privatization at the Turnpike, you know, 
all these the um all these state agencies that were once fully public sector are now slowly being privatized under the current regime um and so you know it 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 gets us in all the ways that those of us who believe in so, social justice and equity and justice and you know it gets us because they are attacking people they are attacking people like the principal at western heights but then at the end of the day it's really about someone making money <laughs> Yeah, that's and where that's using, where this they're using our kids as a cudgel. You know, they're using our kids as a cudgel to frighten these old people in rural Oklahoma. Yes, and that's it right there. Really, they that's just they, it's just a land grab. Yep, I agree completely. Um, Tulsa, there was a lot of moving parts there, Marianne. There was a lot of moving parts. I think a lot of what. And here's the weird thing, uh, Deb Geist, Gist. Um, she's Republican. She's pro uh, corporate reform, very loves charters, those types of things. The things that they see eye to eye on are similar to what Ryan Walters and some of that crew want to see. But she's a figurehead of a majority minority district and, the, and, and she's the, also a woman. So it's kind of like low hanging fruit. Yes. Like Ryan Walter and, and Governor sit to pick on because you don't see it yes. happening to Sean McDaniel at Oklahoma City Public Schools, right? You don't see it at all the other white dudes running all the other districts that are edging, if not already majority minority, right? It happened to a woman leader in a majority yeah. minority district. Like it, that's easy, right? That's easy to figure out what's going on. Well, I, I mean, it was more than that, though, because see, that's that's still that's still stomping grounds over there. And so, listen, yeah. he does. He he I don't necessarily think he controls Walters. I don't think he does. Um, I think Walters was useful when he wants to use him. But I think there's somebody bigger and badder running kind of this Walters situation. Um, but it really does come down to what exactly what you said, using these people that are susceptible for fear mongering, which are older folks, kind of, you know, the boomer. And I hate to who, say it. It is that is verified by research. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're not I trying mean, to poke fun or anything. That's, yeah, that's no, what this it is. is true. Talk to people. They they are scared of the changing world. They really are. Why do immigrants? Why is that a fear? Because they're afraid they're going to lose jobs. Why? Um. Why are? Uh. Why does like House Bill seventeen seventy five work so well for some of those folks? Because the way that it was, uh, especially when it went through the process the way that it was mentioned or anything was just talking about being fair and open for all races. And, you know, you don't want anybody feeling um, uh, ashamed of their race or sex when really you honestly know what that's about. And it was copy pasted language too. We don't talk enough about that throughout these red States mm -hmm. um, to keep control for conservatives who are absolutely losing control right now. It's like it's like a, they're they're grasping on for all they can because the world's getting different and more diverse. That's why they're they're freaking out. That's why in Bud Light, God bless them. I don't drink Bud Light. I drink good beer. But guess who does? People who are susceptible to those kinds of things. Horrible choice on their part to do that because again, Bud Light is like that. I'm not going to say redneck, but you know what I mean. It's kind of like country folk drinking a Bud Light on the lake, dude. Just don't do what they did because that kind of thing will work right now with these people who truly feel that their world is disappearing because guess what? It is. It is for the better. Like, honestly, truly, I believe the more that uh, the United States edges a little more liberal, which I think it's going to happen because we're going to have other people being able uh, to vote. If they would show up in numbers, we would already have a different Oklahoma and a different United States. Um, but 
that's what they're afraid of. And they're not even hiding it, Marianne. They're not even hiding it. They're saying, oh, well, students vote. You put voting places at the universities. What are you doing? You're making sure people can get their votes. <laughs> and so it all comes down to this power thing once again. And and money, money too, because when you lose power, you lose money. And that's kind of what I think is going on here in Oklahoma. And sadly, I believe the more the United States moves a little bit more to the left, which I believe it will, I think Oklahoma stays super dark red because it'll be more fear. Say Biden wins again or another Republic or another Democrat. Well, that's always something they can say is like, oh, they're coming for you because it really works with their narrative. Now, if a Trump wins, it can't happen. It just it just cannot happen. But it can. He's even, you know that it can. I know, I know. But he's even said what he's going to do. He's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a dictator, guys. That's what I'm going to do. And so people are like lining up. He is a oh, very. We kept voting for the axe because it said it was one because it was one of them, right? Like so. Yep. Which is yep. creepy. But again, we are in some creepy times, and I just hope that we can get through it. Um, cause I do think on the other side, there will be a more progressive world. Uh, and, and I think that even, uh, moderate Republicans won't be looked at as rhinos anymore. They'll be looked at as almost like Democrats, like conservative Democrats back in the day. And maybe things can start changing back the way they need to be, which is working hand in hand. And remember, remember how back in the day, Republicans, the big thing was, yeah, abortion, but also small government and, and guns. That's about it. Right now it's all these other things. And not all of them agree with it. So I think if we can help those folks build a backbone, and the only way you do that is to have folks in their districts reach out to them and say, hey, I like my public schools, or hey, I like my hospitals, or hey, I'm tired of the big government, uh, state government coming in and, and destroying my area. I don't know how we battle back beyond that right now. And they're really good at creating those battle lines to where, okay, Jacob, it's, it's like a zero-sum game. Oh, so you're for teachers. That means you're for grooming. Uh, no, I'm for teachers because they teach our kids. I'm for teachers because I want the best and brightest in our classrooms teaching our kids. I'm for not only pay raises, but to rebuild respect for our teachers for the same reasons, which I'm sure you are as well. But then, especially after the, oh my gosh, the pandemic, all of a sudden common sense has become liberal. Science has become liberal well and, I, I mean i've got to back you up on that because i can remember the daily coast days in the reality-based community you know back in the early 2000s post uh 9-11 sort of stuff so i mean it's yeah. all it's it's honestly always been a battle of like you know in, in this cultural stuff man that's like huh, it, it's so funny thinking um oh my gosh who was the senator from arizona uh these arnold help me out okay are you talking no, about you talking um, about Goldwater? Gold, Goldwater, yeah. Barry Goldwater. Oh, you're yeah, thinking. sorry. I was like, uh I'm going way back. But, you know, <laughs> to, to back in the days when Richard Nixon, who was terrible, but still like that form of republicanism versus what we have now, yeah. um, where they just like the shotgun approach to everything that's Democrat, it's bad. Uh, you know, for instance, uh Kevin McCarthy announcing today that he supports a, you know an impeachment probe on Joe Biden. I, I mean, just that like, man just if, wants if it has a D, if it has a D behind it, it's the devil. Um, you know, D is for devil, not Democrat these days, apparently. But I, I just, um, you know, I, I say this often on this podcast, Jacob, and I'm going to say it to you because I, I firmly believe it. Um, uh, you know, Reverend Will William Barber Jr. I mean, Arnold has heard me say this again. 
Barber, Reverend Barber says, and I think it is absolutely true in states like ours, we do not have a red state. We have a disenfranchised state. And we have legislators that are 100% committed to only giving us the barelist, you know, to make it as barely easy as possible to vote. Um, it, and just the bare minimum, not an inch more, uh, you know, mail-in ballots. I, I mean, I remember, I remember tweeting back in the day when Twitter was a thing, um, you know, pandemic year, tweeting with um, the floor leader of the house about um, mail-in ballots. And I thought he was erring on the side of making it easier for people to vote given the pandemic and, you know, letting us be able to uh, mail our ballots in without, without reason. Um, and instead they did the exact opposite. <laughs> they came on the floor and did the exact opposite, you know, in the final days of the house the, uh, of, of session that year. And so, you know, it, it, it's not that we have a majority of elderly misinformed folks. It's that we have folks that can't vote, you know, for so many reasons in this state. And I mean, some of it, yeah, I want to say it's agency, but it's also, you know, the, those old folks, they got the time. They can stand in line while Mabel looks for their na name in that binder, you know, of all the precinct voters, right? It drives me batty every time I step in that building while they take my driver's license and they have to go through, flip through all the M's in the precincts to find me. Like it drives me insane, right? And to think that people have the time to do this. So all of this is to say, it's like, you know, Ryan Walters, he's, he's, and I, we were, gosh, we were just talking about this in the last episode. I saw him at the Cleveland County when he came to the Cleveland County GOP meeting at the, you know, the central library here in Norman. And I yeah. mean, I just saw him just kind of like, he just like gained energy. The more people like there, there's some villain that like personifies this, right. He just kind of like increased in size <laughs> you know, as people like they did not let up on him, right? Like it wasn't just yeah. there's a roof, but he but he fed off it. He fed off he it. He just like got bigger and bigger, you know. <laughs> and so it's like I and I don't know if he's a decoy for Stitt, right. but he's certainly a decoy for the federal investigation and towards the misuse of federal funds, right? Oh, yeah. And, and then, of course, the, you know, the county, the, 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 the grand jury, right? I mean, there's just so much. And so you see all this bullshit, mm. specifically with the Prager, you crap. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I had this random thought just a few minutes ago, and I was like, you know, it's really interesting. And this is random, but it's not. It's really interesting because... Um, you know, just months ago, or maybe, gosh, maybe, I guess it was a year ago by now when Stitt banned TikTok on all state, you know, all state accounts. And so, you know, where I work, we can't use it. And I'm like, you know, that really is the most democratizing force that we have right now is the content that gets out on TikTok. And I, it's just like, kids are going to find out. <laughs> it's not all for good, but kids are going to find out. So you see this Prager you stuff. And I'm just like, there's no way it's going to counter the force of, of TikTok. Well, and you can the see. The way information can get out, you know? And you can see that too. Uh, again, we're kind of putting all our eggs in a basket of hope for the, the future. We should. Hopefully 100%. these folks grow yeah. up. Kids are going to be all right. I mean, Jacob, you've yes. seen, you have, you have kids. I, I think our kids are around the same age. You know, I, I'm always astonished at the number of kids that have like multicolored hair. Yep. 
And I say that because when, you know, I was in high school, that would have been like a scandal. I mean, it would, it was a big deal to color your hair at all, much less bleach it. And it's like the thing now, like you just color your hair, (laughs) the piercings, like stuff like that. And and then I will also say just their awareness and acceptance of people of various sexualities. Yes. Uh, That's, that's a big thing. I think, go ahead. I'm sorry, Arnold. No, I was just going to say, and that's where I might push back a little bit, Jacob, to your um, analysis that the more things change, the redder Oklahoma becomes. And, and I think you may be right about rural Oklahoma, but the fact is rural Oklahoma is in decline. It it's just, not gaining population. It's emptying out and it's going to continue because of the agricultural economics, basically. And, and, and so in urban areas, you know, I agree, Mary, I, you know, it, it what I see, you know, I have five grandkids now, but even back, my sons are in their thirties. When they were in school, they didn't care what religion you were. They didn't care how you identified sexually. They cared about whether you were a nice person. And if you were, if you were a jerk, they were not interested in being around you. If you were a nice person, you know, different strokes for different folks. You be you, you know, and I see it even more now with my grandkids, actually, um, than I did before. So, you know, yeah, it, I just it's like I, I mean, it's not completely gone. Right. No, but no. It, I mean, I don't think we say that at all because, you know, I have a, like there was a, a kid in fifth grade five years ago that was running around yelling Heil Hitler at our elementary school. Right. Okay? So this stuff, it, it still exists. But I think the overall awareness of kids that we'll be turning 18 any day now, right? Is completely different than it was just when we would have been in high school 25 years ago plus, or even just 10 years ago, you know? And so I, yeah. I really feel like there's th- this has an expiration date for bullshit, like what Ryan Walters is, is spewing. Um, however, it can't be soon enough because it's back to the very beginning of this. It has real harm and it has real consequences and people are going to be hurt. Uh, Elementary schools don't need to be emptied from bomb threats multiple times at the beginning of the school year. Meanwhile, their school district is under the threat of, you know, having their accreditation revoked, putting a whole district full of majority minority children into like tumults and, you know, at the throes of the state, like none of that needs to be happening. Right. Um, however, <laughs> this is my light at the end of tunnel possibility, you know, that like kids like mine are going to be voting and she's not an outlier. She just happens to have very liberal parents, but she's not an outlier. Yeah. The, the crap he will not put up with is like, it, it matters. Like back to our conversation about uh, Harry Potter. She's just not as into it because she knows who wrote it and she knows the politics of the woman who wrote it. And so she's like, mm, I, I'll pass now right? Like that stuff matters to these kids. It does seem like they, they have become, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the word woke? is. Have they become know, woke, know, Jacob? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yes. But I mean, it, it, it's been so vilified. I stay away from it now, but yes, it's like they've awoken from um, the BS that was 
what it was back in the day. Now we do accept folks. Let's just um, pull it. Let's pull it. Let's pull a term from way back in the sixties and seventies and just call it consciousness raising, right? Like let's go back yeah. to the second wave of feminism. This is consciousness raising. You know, this is the, the new progressive movement of the sixties and seventies. And it's like, and it's not, it's not something stick can control because he can say it can't come from government accounts, but that shit's going to get on TikTok. Well, that's true. Um, one thing I will say about this, um, especially when it comes to the children, uh, and I think that's why everybody's focusing so much on the children. Again, it's an old school mindset, though, Marianne, just like what you said, they get oh, information yeah. in so many different ways. So that's why the book bans, I don't really like care so much. I mean, of course, I'll fight against them, but our kids aren't they don't even read books that much anymore. I tried. I don't even think their brains even like comprehend <laughs> the way that yours and my brains did books because it's yeah, just a different world. We didn't have these puppies in front of our face. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> so, so that's the, part of me is like you can tell that's <laughs> folks who are out of touch with the world trying to do something about to try to keep keep in power or the fear, um, but also. <laughs> Because of that fact, too, I will say, so I hire really young people on my campaigns. And because I do have a red district, I always have a campaign. I'll have one in two years. I mean, I'll have one in 24. I'll have one forever just because the district I'm in, mm -hmm. um, which is great. Those Brookhaven folks, have man, they got there. your number, Jacob. I understand this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it means I have to go out and talk to folks. It, it forces me. Not to mention I love doing it, but I mean, I have to. Yeah, I you have to. Keep to. My seat yeah. Here. And this is a red seat, so it can be flipped any time. But because of that fact, um, I can tell you that young folks, especially 18 voting age right now, they don't trust us. They are kind of tuning out. That's something we need to take into account because the things they care about are big things, the climate. And uh, we don't really dig into that at the state level, A, because it, it's fossil just tough man. because mm -hmm. fossil fuels, they run, they run things. And, and they see that the young folks see that and they're like, well, I'm not going to go vote for some person who doesn't really have the interest that I have. So that's why I do stay in my education lane as much as I can, because everybody does agree that public education will always be when done, right. will always be kind of like the great equalizer. Um, but I think that's why it's become the big target now too, because what I just said is true. So now they're like, well, if we can get in there and and put our noses in there and make sure that our boomer noses are there to, to try to make sure the kids are doing the right things and aren't woke, then then maybe that that's how they think they're going to do it. But you're right. It's not going to work. That will not work. They'll push back because they'll see it. But my big fear is that they'll even turn further away from politics as we know it, because they don't trust politicians even even little old me i get plenty of young folks who are like why don't you why don't you do this this and this how come you didn't deal with the environment how come you don't do this this and this and i'm like it's a little a little bit harder than you think but until we get to the point there and i think i think they're getting uh smarter to the situation like now it's like almost existential you know i mean i know it sounds like i'm going so far to say that that this is an ex existential fight. Well, it can be, honestly, because you got people who want to destroy your public schools or make it to where they can go to private, kids can go to private schools to once again, keep those old school mindset in the kids' brains. So when it goes to voting down the, down the road, they'll be like, oh, well, I, I certainly wouldn't vote for somebody who's for that, 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 and this. 
I think that's where the big uh, battleground is right now. And again, I don't even like the education system as it currently exists right now. So I do have a lot of young folks who agree with me on that, not just because they want more recess, not just because they don't want so many more tests, but because we know those things don't really work to help kids learn. And they know it too. So um, I think going forward, yes, as we talked about before, they are the great hope, but we as legislators have got to start keeping them involved, not just in campaigns, not just knocking doors, but asking what it is they really need and have them have the agency. So we know that it's not just 70 and above who are electing us, because honestly, Marianne, I can tell you right now, that's usually who shows out to even vote. I know. Me. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always surrounded in my precincts and I'm like, Mabel, I don't mean to impugn you, but... <laughs> It's always Mabel. You know, it's, I love Mabel. Just, there's these lovely old people, you know, working the polls, and then there's the other seven people in line around me, you know, and it's it's. <laughs> and that's true. You're not seeing Bless the younger your heart, now, Mabel. COVID, I'm grateful for you and what you do for democracy, but. <laughs> well, during COVID, I will say I saw some younger faces. It was really kind of nice Um, because I, I always go in person to my deal because yeah, I like to say here. hi uh -huh. to Mabel and everybody else. Bless you, Mabel. But... Bless you, Mabel, for what you do. <laughs> yes. But Mabel couldn't work during that time. So I talked to some yeah. really young folks who got more involved because they kind of had to. They were OU students who knew that they... Uh, that the old folks couldn't go out because they were at risk and these folks weren't more at, uh, weren't as at risk. And so it was kind of neat to see that, but we have got to focus on that too. And, and it's tough because again, the issues that these, uh, that the young folks care about don't necessarily jive even with older Democrats too. Let's not forget mm -hmm. that as well. So we're in a transitional period here. I'm trying my very hardest to become the guy that can be the bridge, I guess you could say. Um, in my 12 years that I have, well, six years left here, uh, depending upon if I win my next, you know, elections. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, I feel like, you know, I don't think we're quite Florida yet, right? Like we haven't kicked <laughs> the African-American studies AP test off the curriculum. Um, session 2024 is coming up. You so know like yeah i mean and, it, and oh it's an election year so it'll be good right but um mm. and gosh and shit it's a presidential election year so there's gonna be all sorts of madness right but and it's uh, gonna be trump on that ballot too it, so and, that can be well, good and, and you know i mean there's gonna be a whole bunch of like trials going on right around you know the primaries and blah 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 but i mean so but that this is the thing about oklahoma and i was finally kind of forced into realizing this that someone asked me what my passions were and I was like you know what I think I have to say that Oklahoma is my passion and it's not because this place is perfect but it's because of its potential you know I mean we are a state ripe for change right we've always been that way as a state um good things can happen here and so I, I mean I'm not dejected I'm angry I'm angry about stuff like PragerU, but I'm not depressed or dejected about potential, right? Like I will always believe in the potential of our state. And so, um, you know, I'm grateful that we have representatives like you that, I mean, because you have to fight for your district. Like, I mean, it, I mean, 44 is really the only one that's kind of like secure here in Norman, right? You know, Annie Mintz's district is not safe. Um, your district is not safe. You guys have to put in the work for your districts. And I mean, that means a lot. And I just, it's a shame that more of our reps don't, don't have to also fight for their districts. But all of this is to say, you know, thank you for calling out stuff like this 
nonsense. I'll stop cussing so much today. I mean, I haven't dropped an F-bomb yet. So that's I didn't like... know I was allowed to cuss. I'm oh, very, very oh. Okay, so if you're with me, like <laughs> Arnold's much more of a gentleman. Like I swear like a sailor in any given day. And like my, and I'm just going to say, my husband's like, you're going to go to the principal when it happens with our kids. I was like, actually my kids have, have a power of discernment when it comes to cussing. Like they, they know that they are not supposed to, but they have used it properly when they do. And so, uh, so all of this is to say, yes, we cuss. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, hilarious I, I think it's creative though if you use it the right way it can be yeah so my more. kids know like they know how to use it in proper context They're like okay so you're smart right like they get it so um, same oh am I I think they have a good example though they have a good <laughs> uh oh he froze up oh dear I'll make sure to edit this out should I pause yeah, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. I was just a well, I was just agreeing with you, but yeah, my mindset. I don't remember exactly what exactly we were going <laughs> at, but um, I, I'm telling you what this all started. You know, this whole conversation today is talking about Ryan Walters, but look how much deeper everything really is, and and that and also we haven't talked enough about too. Um, yeah, he's got lawsuits against him, and yes, he's being investigated by the Oklahoma AG's office and OSBI and probably the feds. Those are the things we have to focus on. And I've talked to folks, and anybody who will listen to me, hey, stop retweeting about his, you know, libs of TikTok stuff or whatever else here, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, because that's what he wants. He, he like you said before, Marianne, he he. He takes it and, and gets bigger. Really yes, he's does. like he's it's like his eyes get get blacker too. Have I know. I have no, a, I have a metaphor. Really? I have a metaphor for it. Remember at the end of Ghostbusters two, the pink slime. That's one of my favorites. How it got yes. stronger. How it got stronger with bad vibes. Yes, it's the pink it's slime. That, it's the pink he's, slime. He's pink slime. That's right, and he's going to create a little shell over oklahoma and the only way you can kill it is with positivity <laughs> not toxic positivity because right. i have been blamed oh, of God, that i lately. hate that too yes so <laughs> yes, good point. jacob <laughs> you're you're privileged i'm like yes i am but you gotta keep stress kills stress kills i know it does yeah. And so if you can keep <laughs> things on the up and up, then <laughs> things are a little bit. Yeah, better, now, but... now that I have a new metaphor for him, he's not only wrecking ball, Ryan, he's pink, slime, pink, pink slime, slime, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> so if I could, I would put the our exit music to uh, the Bobby, the Bobby Brown song that was like at the end of Ghostbusters 2. But I, I don't think we have the rights for that. But anyways. Oh, that would be great, though. <laughs> Listen, this is a great conversation, too. Arnold and, and Marion, thank you for even doing this. The, that's the thing. We got to keep these things going and, and different angles and different eyeballs need to see it. That's why I'm glad there's TikTok. That's why I'm glad Twitter still exists. I'm even on threads these days and, and Instagram and Facebook's kind of gone down a little bit, honestly, um, just because I think it's a different world we're living in these days. But also with 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 newspapers those are starting to go the way of the dinosaurs but not with some of our voters so we need to stay not active in those too that's right that's town. right and um, on and that and on releases. that note we will just say we are committed to the preservation and the longevity of, of papers like the oklahoma observer and so 
That's right. Support your local media, support, support your small media, and some support rabble rousers like us. Absolutely. Uh, you got to have the rabble rousers because if okay. you don't, then everything just happens and then nobody cares. And you know, sometimes I get that from people I talk to when I'm knocking doors. They're like, Jacob, I, my school's great. We're doing okay. And I'm like, yeah, because you're in an affluent area. You, we pass bonds, we get cool stuff here. But what you don't understand is that our biggest school districts in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, they're target, they're being targeted as failing school districts. Do they need more help? Absolutely. My goodness, the, the needs of the kids that I had at each of the stops I made in Oklahoma City were they can't even really be explained. I mean, I use this story a lot. I had a, I didn't have very many fights in my class because really I, I got to know the kids and that's part of it. Right. But one time there was, and it was this guy between him and his friend. And I was like, why did you hit, why did you hit him? Why'd you hit Diego and come to find out that his dad was deported that morning. So who knows? He wasn't going to be okay in a test. I, I found that out and put him behind my desk and said, okay, y'all leave him alone. Most of the kids understood. They were like, wow, I didn't know, you know, sorry, Jaime, stuff like that. And you saw some of that, what we've been talking about, um, uh, some of that compassion that maybe we don't see exist in, in kids these days, but it does. Again, I'm not a big fan of the cell phones being in these kids' faces all the time because um, I think it changes their brain waves, and I think that's why kids don't read so much and all this other stuff. I'm going to start sounding like an old boomer these days, but I see it. And so, again, as we kind of just were talking about before, I think the real big piece here is the fact that we're going to be okay with the future. It will be good. But right now we're in that particular point where the other group side, whatever, it's a mixture of wanting to make money for themselves and their friends. They can do so because they have one party rule and not nobody's really going to fight against that. Same thing. Hey, listen, I'm going to say the same thing happened with Democrats. Don't forget about what happened with uh, Gene Stipe back in the day when Democrats had all the power. That's why I think balance is good. It really is. I, and people think I, I sound crazy or, or like, um, or, um, uh, too positive once again. No, we want all Democrats. No, guess what? You want balance because because there's going to be some folks that aren't going to see eye to eye with those types of things, and we need to come together and push forward. How hard can that be right now when it comes to making money for your buddies? Well, they don't want to have that stop, you know. And when it comes to to um, making our public schools look like something they're not to help get to those end goals well then you can see why so many people are involved here why so much money is involved and why somebody like ryan walters who by all accounts was a decent human being back in the day i hate to humanize him i've been told not to but the, when i first met him he was pro school voucher he always has been he's pro test he the guy is he, he likes the act test all that stuff beyond that he loved my play to learn act. He loves the fact I want to do more recess and things like that in schools. And he was a decent teacher, 2016 teacher of the year for McAllister, I believe. So how does a person go from that to this? Well, I think it's a bit of narcissism, a bit of ambition, and a and bit a of- a lot of money. A lot of money. I think that's where the big thing is here. It's follow People the money. Keeping your lights on, you'll, you, you won't stop. You think that's he's right. smart enough to know, though, that he's expendable? That when he flames out, which he will, they'll just find somebody else and he'll he'll be tossed in the scrap heap. And well, I think that maybe he does see that, Arnold, and maybe he wants to set himself up for something outside of Oklahoma because what he's doing right now makes him a superstar in certain circles. Absolutely does. 
So maybe that's what happens. I, I, I wish for it to happen. Go, go work with DeVos. Get out of here. <laughs> she, she wants you, buddy. You are, you are number one draft pick. Get on. <laughs> we don't want you here anymore, buddy. <laughs> I have tried to humanize him though. I have tried to reach to his human side. I have his text, his cell phone here. He won't answer. So, but here's the weird thing, guys. I don't really share too much. I don't think he runs his own social media. I don't think he sees or reads or does anything. I think that's why he's so consciousness on this things. Because when he saw me at the Capitol, when I was with one of my um, uh, young student uh, aides who knew who he was, she looked disgusted. And he was like, hey, and tried to shake my hand. And I was like, whoa. And they're like thinking about it. Did he not see me rip him mercilessly these last weeks? I don't think he reads it. I don't think he sees it. I think that's how he kind of stays above all this. And then also I found out that he went to a very conservative college in Arkansas. So he is conservative. He absolutely is. And I think he wouldn't mind seeing that kind of worldview out there, but he's also just a flat out puppet. And I think he knows it. And I think he's cool with it. But if he gets a too big a head, maybe he tries to run for governor and then he's going to go against the Speaker of the House and um, A.G. Drummond, who are some big dogs. Um, and that would be interesting to see. And I don't know what Democrat would try to run for that particular seat in 20, what is that, 26? Um, but I will tell you one thing. These are going to be some interesting days ahead, especially with a presidential election, especially with a presidential election, with a president candidate under investigation. And with all this stuff that makes his narrative look like it's real. I hate that too, by the way, because all these things that are coming down on him, we're like, oh my gosh, that would just kill his chances to be president. No, his base is like, this proves it. Yeah, look, it's the deep state. He's got 31 and counting indictments. <laughs> it's like, bro, that's like, you don't want that out of your elected leaders. But, and I think he was the one that really uncovered this new base that honestly didn't vote back in the day and didn't really exist too much. And, um, until he's not in the scene anymore, I don't know uh, what happens when it comes to progress. Because as I said before, I think he's the closest thing we have to a cult leader. And um, the people that support him, they are, you can see, go watch this series on Netflix. It's about how to be a cult. It's kind of reverse psychology. It teaches you how to be a cult gap person, a cult leader, while trying to show how, how dangerous it is. And um, it's exact. They showed Jim Jones, I was like, that's Trump. They showed Jim Jones, uh, his supporters, I was like, those are those are MAGA folks. They're very, very, very proud of their person and they're not gonna they're not gonna renege on him. And so I think that's what Ryan's trying to get going on too. For what end, I don't know, but he would be a nightmare as a governor. I don't think uh, uh, Republicans in general wanna see him be a governor, uh, but I'm hopeful once again, that maybe we can look past that and try to put somebody in office that doesn't really wanna just sit, sit back and enrich their friends. Because it happens all the time. It's it's a human condition. Well, Arnold, I, I don't think I have much else to add, but I would love to continue. Did I, did I talk you out? Did no. I do it? Well, I mean, for now, trust me, it'll marinate. Yeah, there's a it'll whole lot. There are a lot of there are a lot of turns in this conversation that we could take, but I'm not sure. We don't have very many two-hour commutes in Oklahoma for people to listen <laughs> yeah. to this. As they go. <laughs> Good point. Hours probably the best we can do. But uh, Marianne, please do reach out to me as your state rep. I would love to yeah. pick your brain. 
Um, I know it's been real tough, and that's that's an understatement. But please realize I'm I'm here, and, and uh, literally it. I'm here. I don't have another job. I'm the representative. <laughs> I appreciate it, and uh, and so you should join us next month at Big Bruco. That's my favorite part. My husband and I are part owners. You should come to Brews and Views and. I didn't even know you're part owners. What? Yeah, yeah, my husband and I, yep, in um, October. You have my cell phone number because, yes, invite me. I want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me grab that from you. Uh, we'll take Not that offline, actually. Yeah. <laughs> take that off the air. Take that offline. Uh, let's wrap it up here, and then we'll do uh, business. But October 15th, everyone just kind of teasing it. Um, yeah. at, and uh, I'm, and I'm glad we sneaked this in because when we were talking about Bud Light earlier, I was thinking I started to pipe up and say i drink good beer like they threw at big <laughs> like big bruco norman right. main street yep uh, right. it's october 15th 11 a.m 11 to 12 we're having it bunched brunch time um to beat the nfl and um premier league soccer viewing just so everyone knows one of our bartenders is irish like he's legit irish he's from ireland um and he shows uh premier league soccer and so <laughs> <laughs> and we get a good crowd for it so uh it's all around that but october 15th jacob i hope you can join us uh bring robin as well and the kids it's all it's all ages but anyways um it was great talking to you i'm glad we got to do this this was a great conversation Absolutely. yep thanks so, so much. Um, yeah uh thanks thank you jacob and we will see you soon Thank you for listening to this episode of ObserverCast. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us and share our episodes far and wide on social media. If you're interested in sponsoring ObserverCast, please give Arnold Hamilton a call at 405-478-8700 or drop him an email at ahamilton at okobserver.org. You can also support ObserverCast with a tax-deductible donation to the Oklahoma Observer Democracy Foundation, whose mission is to help create a better, more informed Oklahoma. And to help keep us on the air, visit okobserver.org and click on the Donate button on the upper right side of the homepage. We also urge you to subscribe to the Oklahoma Observer, now in its 55th year of comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable. We have a special digital subscription rate for ObserverCast listeners, only $1.99 a month for the first year. That's 50% off the usual rate for monthly digital subscribers. Just use the coupon code ObserverCast when checking out to get the discount rate. And finally, we want to thank Jared Deck for the music you're listening to in the background here. He's not just a resident of Norman anymore. He is now the Oklahoma State Representative for House District 44. Congratulations, Representative Deck. We're so proud of you but you can still download his albums at iTunes and learn more, including dates for any upcoming performances at jareddeckmusic.com.